Welcome back to Empathy Always Wins, the world's mental health leadership show. Maakum Ali Salama. Winharda is episode three of season two. It's been almost yeah, maybe ten, eight days since the whole thing went um, pretty much up in the air with the sexual assault case in Egypt and pretty much when I decided to resume empathy always wins so without further ado pretty much today is the day when we get into the movement and into the mind of someone who played a key role and someone who literally started it with the whole exposure or how do you even say it the girl that literally exposed the guy fuck that <laughs> so without further ado this is sabah and Sabah is gonna pretty much sum in the next 20-15 minutes how youth are changing the narrative in Egypt. So before we get into it, I just want to quickly say a quick thank you to Ash. Ashraf, this intro is beautiful. And Sabah, let's dive deep into it. Um, first of all, I want to say that's a really quick thing. Uh, I know and know what we're doing is very similar and very relatable to the Me Too movement. I just, it, 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 it's different in one, in one respect. And no, in Egypt, 99.9% of the women are sexually harassed, often almost every day. That means that, that the same calculation, the same yani, probability of breathing is the same probability of harassment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so it's not. It's no longer women telling each other, "Yeah, yeah, me too," which is was which was the purpose of the Me Too movement. It was informing one another that you also have been sexually assaulted. You've also been harassed. But Arab women, especially Egyptian women, we're very well aware that we've been harassed. We talk about it on the phone when we're walking home. Like somebody just said something to me. Oh, he's such a piece of shit. And oh, sorry, I curse. Um, <laughs> Um, and like we're we're very well aware of these you know so it's no longer me too it's more come forward you know and that's why we keep telling the girls um, you know come forward you know put in the work and unfortunately what what, what's really difficult I think in, in, in facing your assailant is what exactly what we're doing right now in Egypt where women are being put in a position to have to face not just their assailants and not just the people who assaulted them, but also their mother, their father, their neighbors, everyone with an opinion on her, depending on what the level of, of harassment was or assault was. Sometimes it's just a few words and sometimes it's a full on rape. And that comes with honor, that comes with culture, that comes with reputation and shame. It is a movement, you know, the fact that these girls are still going to tell their parents that this happened to me very well knowing that their parents might lose their minds, might, you know, but, but they're breaking the wall. They're breaking a wall that needed to be taken down years ago, which is that the more and more you teach your daughters that it's shameful to get assaulted, the more they likely that men are, are likely to use that as a way to assault women because they know they can get away with it. That's, and it's not just shaming them. It's also what you're wearing, you know, depending on which country and which culture you're in, you're going to see like a harasser or rapist 
holds on to something in particular that gives him the excuse to assault you. And when we tell girls, don't wear, don't dress like that, we're also telling them, let him harass the other girl. Let him assault the other girl, the one that dresses like that. That's the kind of girl that, you know, that's the kind of girl that gets raped, but you're not that kind of girl. It's not true. All girls go through this. And so the only way to stop that is to face the issue, which is the problem is the power that men were given for, for quite the longest time in the Arab world. Um, and what happened with Ahmed Zaki was a very interesting situation because none of us saw it going where it went. And definitely, a lot of people asked me, you know, like, how did you plan out this movement and this revolution? It was not planned. There was no plan. It was all basically just to put a spotlight on someone who continued to harass women constantly and got away with it. And honestly, I was only doing it to show the women because I noticed that a lot of the girls I knew were girls he had harassed or assaulted. So I was trying to make it known for my general social groups or whatever, as people that I know have like more likeliness to have direct contact with this person. But when I realized that the situation, that, that it was opening up a conversation and people were saying to me, you're so brave. I was very surprised because I didn't feel I was doing something brave. I'm not the girl that he harassed. I'm not the girl he assaulted. That's when you're brave. When you come out and you speak against your assailant, not when I'm speaking to somebody that I'm not afraid of. And so who was really brave were the girls who came forward, who sent me all those messages, who were so afraid to even have their names being brought up on TV or anything. And suddenly they were going to the police station to, to, uh, to give in the evidence. And some of them even looked him in the face and identified him. And that was such a big thing. And we're talking wow. about, yeah, we're talking about tens of girls, mm-hmm. you know? And until now, I'm, I'm not allowed to give a number as to how many women have come forward so far. But let's say definitely more than a dozen, you know? That's, that's, and that's a lot of women for one person. Certainly, <laughs> <laughs> certainly too much. Certainly, certainly one, one. That's a lot of women. Way, 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 way more than anyone had ever. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I think the thing that we really need to yeah, and you consider here is this person is very privileged. This person right. is very uh, comes from a, a power of fam, a, a family of power, and, and 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 I think the message, you know, more so than anything, is this is to everyone. This is not to to to, to the underprivileged or the like. One is 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 a lot. One is a number. One is, uh, and I think that you know, yeah, and he, I'll, if anything, you know, we, yani, one thing that really bothers me is Salah, and I'm not going to really go in and about it, but uh, Egyptians living abroad, I've lived abroad for m- more than 10 years, we follow strict rules. We follow rules. We're the best. So why don't, so like w- when you were saying that, yeah, and you beforehand, when people were telling you, Salah, but this isn't going to change overnight, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no this triggered that light bulb inside of me because the moment we take a flight to Dubai, we drive like a, like a, like a T to the T. Mm-hmm. So, we know. 
And we do not hurt. We do not. We do. We do. We do not. We do not. We do not throw words. We do not. We do not. Uh, you know, put our hands under the table. We we don't do that stuff. So that's exactly. And I'm sorry. I just really want to say one thing. I mean, definitely. Let's like a lot of people have tried to attach what Ahmed Zaki did to a mental illness, and that's um, something we're going to talk about by the way because it's not representative at all. No, mentally ill patients are, can't get out of bed and they have problems taking showers. They don't, they don't have that like super, you know, like impressive amount of energy to go out. Like I didn't feel like he slept. I felt like this was what he did all day long, you know, for him to reach that certain amount of number. And like, yes, I know that there is a likelihood for, for you know, of course there is some kind of mental instability there. And of course there's some kind of issue. There. That is a condition that shouldn't be labeled under a very wide term. That right. is a, because, yeah. that is not a choice. People do not choose to be mentally. Thank you. It's not a choice. And that's exactly what I was trying to say. That the issue is, is that if we look down on it, when Ahmed Zaki needed to control himself, he did. He didn't do it when he was in front of other people. He didn't do it in the streets. He didn't do it when he was in front of his parents. He knew when to control himself. So he had control of himself. And so he allowed himself to force people when he wanted to, when it was in complete darkness and he paid people off and he did all these things because he wanted to get away with it. A person who has a mental health issue doesn't have that much of an option because they, their body is like way more in control. And even they, like even I, as a person who has mental health issues at some point, I know that the, the, the leading feeling that I'm feeling, which is my depression or my sadness or my anxiety or whatever is available, but I don't place it upon other people as their responsibilities to have to take care of. No, uh, Sabah, this is, this is one thing that I really want to clarify. Another thing that I want to talk about is shame. So, um, yeah, and he, you are very involved with this case, and he, yeah. you are one of the champions of, of, of this case alongside the select anonymous group of people that uh, we do hail as well, uh, alongside the women that have come forward. But uh, yeah. what would you tell the, 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 the parent right now that's listening to us, that's listening to us, and it's like, this is not because the other let's just put it that way the other the other the other is is bothering it's really it's really bothering right 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 the other is also a daughter to someone exactly and 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 so how would you open that maybe fuse or or, or, or caress it a little bit so that there is some sort of um awareness around that because something that i have I have experienced firsthandly from a survivor of Ahmed is is a parent who refused to believe uh, her daughter, even though she was she was indeed raped. From Ahmed Samzaki. Yes, and she was sent to an institution as well to recover. What would you tell a parent, not just from Ahmed, from? Victim blaming. I, I I really want you to maybe drop a line or two around that. How, how can we? You've dealt with it. How can? If you were a mother tomorrow, how would you deal with it? Right. If if I was if if it was me that had the child in which somebody. So here's the thing. If I was to ever have a child, so and especially if it's a girl, 
definitely we would have the discussion of what we would do if we were in a, when we when we were feeling like we wanted to please someone we loved or had feelings for or didn't have feelings for but we wanted to please someone 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 in that sexual realm and i would tell them before anything i would inform them of their rights as a human being almost immediately i think parents should speak about the law with their kids more than they should about scaring them about their reputation because mm-hmm. scaring them for their reputation puts them in a position to hide mm-hmm. and as we can see as as this has blatantly showed us that oh, that's all that's going to happen for us to assume that women are perfect or complete angels is so unfair to women yeah you know we don't nobody is perfect nobody is complete nobody has it all 100 and even even somebody who 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 does things that you consider wrong probably doesn't consider it wrong even so you have to start looking at your children as something other than a reputation and stop putting your egos in your children and if you can't love your child for who they are then you are never ready to be a parent but your child should not have to teach you to be one they don't need to teach you how to be a parent but when you make that decision to give birth to something into the world then you are 100% responsible for how you give them discussions be a very big shock like i get your point i truly understand your point but you know some parents are absolutely great but when it comes to this there's sensitivity around it there's a shock around it there's this yeah. so 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 what would you yeah how would you a little bit how would you how would you advise someone to close the gap a little bit walau fiha even if it includes swallowing something i think that have you seen something that this case has shown you that you want to blatantly say absolutely i mean i've seen parents who have been extremely extremely supportive although they were so broken by it and the girls were like my parents are very religious what they're going to freaking kill me and i was telling the girl like listen at the end of the day your parents in my opinion a parent most of the time can forgive almost anything look at ahmed zaki's parents like truly the problem is is that as a woman you that fear for you is doubled but the only way for you to start to break that is to start to show that you really really are a human being very capable of having real life happen to you and that's not your fault and it's also not the consequence of being promiscuous or being you know um what what they say as more free the consequence isn't rape and it is an assault and that's what we need to stop saying to girls we have to be aware of telling them that the thing is is that if this does happen to you it's wrong on their end but you don't inst- you haven't instigated it yeah. you've never instigated it yeah. and so what i've seen parents within this case who have i one girl hadn't spoken to her father in a year in a whole year and he took her to the police station and he took her to speak out and he's been with her the entire time wow you know? Yeah and their their family is like much much closer now because of it. Another girl which Ahmad Zaki threatened her that he's going to send the pictures of her to her sister. 
her relationship with her sister was so important to her. That's why she was so scared. She was so terrified. And that's what made that recording so infamous when he was threatening her and saying, I'm going to show it to your sister if you don't come and do this. She went to the police station and her sister was with her to support her. There is nothing that... The only, the only real harm Ahmed Zaki did was convince these girls that he used what their families have told them against their families. And boys like that will manipulate anything to get a girl to do what they want. And that's why it's very important to tell your daughters that the only thing they need to know is that they can tell you anything, yeah. no matter what. Even if it breaks your heart, even if, it, if you feel like it's going to give you a heart, they can tell you anything. Essentially, which is love without any condition, which is love without a shot off, which is love without uh, all the labels that we put on. Tabah, yani, you know, this can easily turn into a two episode uh, podcast, but uh, Definitely. I, I really want to say thank you. Of course, thank you for having me. Oh, this is this. I think we're gonna have many more of those. Uh, there, there's, there, there, there's topics like the nudes. There are topics like uh, all these things that you know we need to keep a little bit more aware. You know, this case has taught us a shit ton from sexual harassment in schools, from parenting, said from you name it, from consent, from sex. Ed, like, truly, this could be a series. Uh, but absolutely um and because it's like because you were breaking because we're skinning down an entire culture and we're trying to find the root problem you know and for us to get there we're gonna have to have conversations and some of them are gonna be uncomfortable you know and they're gonna be uncomfortable for everyone but let's have them because we don't want the consequence to be that someone is in danger because we've made them uncomfortable Yeah. No, I want to say thank you for joining me. Um, thank you for having me. Last time, best for now. I think this is uh, this is this is a really good starting point for us to talk and for us to uh, make those who need to be aware aware because it's never too late. I think that we always have the chance to uh, bring our kids into a room, our sisters, our brothers, and let them know yeah. what is right, what is wrong, what is just, what is not. And the conversation is never too late. I think, I think, I think I'd rather see that happen than see someone, um, someone suffer the consequence of negligence because this is what we're seeing right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And like you said, it was the consequence of negligence. And I like, I feel for these girls so much, but at the same time, the way that they were smiling at each other when they were leaving the police station and, and cheering each other on when they don't even know each other, you know? And the fact that they asked each other, you know, how you're doing or the fact that they're starting a support group, you know, the fact that the whole country has come together to give them free legal advice, give them free psychology, give them free, you know, everything. Like these girls are, Radu Shirbini has personally escorted them you know, like the amount of things that we're seeing now, although it has come under some terrifying circumstances, is really beautiful. Mm. And unfortunately, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't under, the, like we said, the, not, not under the best circumstances, but honestly, most beautiful things don't happen under great circumstances. Yeah. And uh, 
it's just the start of something I believe is is a narrative that we are rewriting and we are writing we are rewriting with our own hands. And I think that what if you're 29, we're 23, mm-hmm. we still have pretty good chunks for us to make the change that we need. Absolutely. You can you know have children without fearing for their safety. You can, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, you're not the first person that says if I have or when I have without that, you know, the sense of, we were raised to believe children were excited, you know, and that has changed because of what we see in today's world. And unfortunately that isn't, that isn't normal. I'm sorry to say, but that isn't normal. And, and, and empathy, empathy, empathy is a skill set that once instilled in men, and I believe that those girls understood how they felt, and that's why they were smiling, and that's why they came out stronger, because empathy will always win, it always yeah. will. Absolutely, and I think that, you know, you do wrong, you can hide it all you want, but it's gonna find its way out. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just, and, and it's okay, it's okay to admit you're wrong and it's okay to want to change. There is nothing embarrassing or shameful about saying, maybe I could have thought this through. That's how we learn. There's nothing shameful about experience. As long as you put your hands up and you say, hey, you know what? I'm mastering myself. I'm doing my best. This is the, this is, you know, I'm trying not to hurt anybody and make, I'm making that a conscious effort. Then you can't really put that pressure on yourself and I think again like just before we shut this is my last thing is that girls for them to be able to grow they're going to have to experience life and for them to experience life that might cause a little bit of havoc a little bit of problems but you have to let them be human thank you so much for having me (laughs) so as you can see or as you can hear we could have literally gone on for i could say easy hour uh, but for the purposes of this daily show we'll just keep it very short and sweet so i hope you guys really understood what we're talking about when it comes to really having open conversations with people that we might feel otherwise uncomfortable having these conversations with but the bottom line is it's time. It's really time to change the narrative and it's time to own our own freaking lives in a way that gives other people the clarity and freedom to experience and live life without fear and without judgment. So that being said, thank you so much, Habibti Sabah. And uh, feel free to tune in every single day on Apple Music and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. DM me at Ali Salama or DM me at Empathy Always Wins. We're still figuring out some really cool content to put out there. But for now, stay tuned and we'll see you next episode on Empathy Always Wins. Thank you guys and have a lovely night.